Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Irvindale. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. Join Pastor Mike as he teaches through the Gospel of Luke. Luke tells us that after Elizabeth worshipped and pronounced these blessings, then Mary erupted in her own song of praise to God. This passage has become, become known as Mary's Magnificent. And we will begin our journey through it right now. Beginning with verse 46. I said uh, I was going to read 39, but I'm just going to start with verse 46. Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her, that is Elizabeth, about three months and returned to her home. I want you to know that when Mary said um, that her soul magnifies the Lord, uh, she she was not saying that she has done anything or had done anything or would do anything to make God bigger or grander and or greater than he already was. What, what she was saying when she said, my soul magnifies the Lord, is that he has given me a greater vision, a greater understanding of who he is. He has been magnified in my spirit. He has been shown to me to be greater than I ever imagined. Mary, no doubt, had seen Yahweh as great, Because I'm sure that she had been taught from childhood that he's the creator, that he's a sovereign ruler, that he is the all-powerful God. But now, because she has experienced his hand working in her life personally, his involvement with her, she now sees him as bigger than she ever dreamed. His greatness is no longer theory. He had touched her life in real time and in real space, causing uh, her to discover that what she believed To be true, she now knew without a doubt that it was true. And because of her vision of God being expanded, her faith in God was also increased. And that brings me this morning to my first truth point. I I hope that you'll mark it down. You have your note guide with you there out of your bulletin. Truth point number one, our understanding of God, in other words, how we see him, is directly tied to how we trust him. How you see God has everything to do with how you do or do not trust him. If our vision of God is small, our faith is going to be small. And if our vision of God becomes clear and we begin to see his immensity, then our faith is going to follow suit. I would encourage all of us today to take a look at our faith. Is it big? Is it small? Where is it at? And let me tell you, it will directly correlate to how you see and understand God. Now, what caused Mary's vision to expand? 
Obviously, for 12, 13, 14, 15 years, she had had one thought of him, but now it's been expanded. What is it that caused it to expand? She tells us. She reveals it here in verse 47. She says, my spirit rejoices, notice, in God, my Savior. What had happened for Mary is that she received in her innermost being revelation from the Holy Spirit, which enabled her to see God not as a distant judge, but as a personal Savior. I wonder, I'm confident, actually, that in this room this morning, there are some who see God, really your primary view of him is as a distant judge. And you go around in your life trying to find ways to appease him. You try to earn something. You try to merit his favor. You're trying to prove something to to him. Let, Let me let you off the hook. While he is a judge, he is also a very personal savior. And when it comes to this issue of salvation, there's nothing to prove. We just lay it out on the table that we're in need and he's there to help. I mean, that's what grace is all about. That's what salvation is all about. Now, there's an intimacy here that if we go too quickly, we'll overlook. And so I want to slow down just a little bit. And and I want to hammer on this nail that I just started in the board just now. I want to hammer on it just a little bit. I want to talk just a little bit about God as judge. Now, for those of us who are just grace, 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 uh, let's also understand that God is law at some point, and he is judge, and he, he never stops being judge. Let me tell you that God is a high and a lofty judge. He's a high judge in the sense that he's set so high above everything that is that he's able to look down and see everything exactly as it is. Now, don't let that point overtake you and, and you just kind of let it go out one side, in one side and out the other. Understand this, that all of us who are fallen, and that's all of us, right? We like to take our fallenness and try to make it look as good as we can, right? And we try to convince one another that we're not as bad as we really are. And understand that no matter how much of a good face we try to put on things, God sees it as it really is. He sees you, he sees me, and he knows he is, a lo- he is a high judge. He is also a lofty judge, meaning this, that he is beyond being, uh, he's beyond excuses. He is beyond being bribed. He is, he is beyond threats. You can't negotiate with God. He sees it as it really is. And he's not afraid to pull the trigger when he has to. But despite all that, Despite that which is, ooh, none of us like to think of God as judge. Despite that reality, he is a personal savior. He is a personal savior who condescends to us to involve himself in the issues of our lives even to the point of taking our condemnation upon himself so that his righteousness can be given to us like a new suit of clothes. And that's praiseworthy. Seeing him as he is as judge and then Experiencing him as personal savior should cause all of us to to break out in our own magnificant, amen? And if and when one comes to see God in this light, they can't help but begin to find that the natural ways that man see God are just too small. And when our vision of him is expanded, so too is our trust in his love for us. Now one result of our vision of God being expanded is our vision of self becoming clearer. And this is true of Mary. We find in verse 48, notice what she says. For he has looked on the humble estate 
of his servant. Mary recognizes and freely admits what few will, and that is that she has a need. She is a needy person. She talks about her humble estate, and she also admits her place before God, that of being a servant. You know, Mary's need was self-evident. She was truly a nobody from nowhere. Those of you who remember those earlier messages, we talked about the context of Nazareth. She knew that she was lowly. (laughs) I mean, she really had nothing to brag about, nothing to exalt in in and of herself. She knew that she was fallen. She had nothing spiritually to offer God. She knew that she was helpless in that she could do nothing to change either one of these herself. But Mary is not in the boat alone. Mary's not in the boat alone. We are right there with her. We don't like to admit it, but it's true. And as I've already said, we will work hard to put on a good show because none of us want to accept that we are lowly, that we are fallen, that we are helpless, but we are. I'm reminded of the church in Laodicea that Jesus addresses in Revelation chapter 3. They saw themselves one way, but God saw them another. Take a look. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing. That's the way they saw themselves, blessed and good. This morning as I was driving in from my town home in Clive, I'm driving on a four-lane highway. It's not even a super, I mean, it's, not, it's just 35 miles an hour. And I'm looking at big homes everywhere. Big homes. 35, 40, 45, 5,500 square feet. Perfect highway. Convenience stores everywhere. Beautiful elementary school. I mean, I was looking at it and I'm thinking, wow, we are rich. We are rich. And there's many of us in this room who are rich. And you know, in this room sets a collection of blessed people. But if we're not careful, we begin to take that for granted. And the church in Laodicea certainly had taken it for granted. I am rich. I have prospered. I really don't have a need. You know, you ask somebody, can I pray for you? What can I pray for? You know, I, I just died. I don't have a single thing to talk about right now. Wow, really? I have need of nothing. But God says, Jesus said to them, you don't realize. You think it's all good, but you don't realize that you're wretched, that you're pitiable, that you're poor, that you're blind, that you're naked. Mary was blessed because she saw herself as she really was. She knew she was lowly. She knew she was fallen. She knew she was helpless. And even more, she knew that she was not one to be served, but she was actually a servant. And that brings me to truth point number two. Seeing oneself as one really is, is the first step toward the joy of knowing the overwhelming grace of God in your life, which leads to heartfelt worship. Seeing oneself as one really is, is the first step toward the joy of knowing the overwhelming grace of God. You know, when you think that you're more than you are, listen up, church. When you think you are more than you are, you live with a sense of entitlement. You think you deserve good things. 
And when people and or God do not give you what you think you're entitled to, your life is most miserable. Because there's no place more miserable than to think you're owed something and you're not getting it. But when you see yourself as you really are, lowly, fallen, helpless, and then God or people gift you with grace, you truly realize how blessed you are because you realize you are being given something you do not deserve. We're coming up on the Thanksgiving season. Mark it down. The seeds of thanksgiving are seeing things as they really are. You may live in a fine home, and you may drive a fine car, and you may wear fine clothing, and your retirement account may be bulging, and your health may be good, and you may think you have need of nothing, and you may think that you deserve all those things. But my friends, none of us deserve those things. And if we look beyond the well-dressedness of prosperity, we find that we are just like Mary, we're just like anybody else. We're lowly, we're fallen, we're helpless. The good news is, is that's who Jesus targets. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.